Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Burgess. It sums up everything because it's true. Everything that you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear because fear stops us from doing so many things. So if you can get past or on the other side of that fear, you can achieve absolutely anything. All right. So tonight we have Dr. Hassan Akinbiyi. Um, he is a physiatrist, a physical medicine and rehabilitation physician and specialist. So, you know, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Dr. Derek. I appreciate you having me on the platform. I uh, love your show and love what you're doing. Hey, I appreciate it. So Dr. Akinbiyi is also a graduate of Xavier University. So if you went through Xavier, I'd imagine you went through St. Michael's dormitory as well, huh? Actually, I, I came to Xavier uh, in my sophomore year. I transferred from University of uh, Illinois, Champaign-Urbana. Uh, so when I came, I actually came straight to Fountain Blue. So okay, gotcha. uh, I didn't get that wonderful experience of St. Mike's. <laughs> yeah, so you got to bypass the, the freshman male doors. Yes. So I hear you. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. You missed out on the experience. So Exactly. That's right. what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, hey, tell us about your family life and, you know, kind of what led you to medicine? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I was the last or youngest of my father's six kids. You know, he immigrated here from Lagos, Nigeria. And uh, for me, you know, I was always a curious kid. I was always fascinated by how the mind and body worked. And uh, as a result, you know, that kind of led me to medicine. I remember him taking me and a buddy of mine to Northwestern on Saturdays because they had a Saturday Science Academy. So, uh, you know, at an early age, he kind of helped promote and facilitate me kind of moving in that direction. I excelled in academics, high school, college, uh, medical school, residency, uh, and that all, you know, kind of cultivated and and helped me to kind of get to where I am. Uh, Fun fact, you know, I used to play football and ran track in high school. I tore my ACL when I was a sophomore. Okay. And uh, I remember I wanted, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. So it was a guy by the name, orthopedic surgeon by the name of Sherwin Holt at University of Chicago. He actually did my first ACL repair. I did my rehab and I was like, man, this is great. Like I want to be a doctor. This is the type of doctor who I want to be. And it was kind of solidified in college when I tore my other ACL. He did that repair. I did my rehab. So uh, that's what kind of led me to to medicine uh, short. uh, So you tore both knees or you retore your your first? No, I I tore both ACLs, right and left. (laughs) That was playing football, I'm assuming. Yeah, football was was the first uh, injury and then playing pickup basketball in college. Was the second one. So. Okay, okay. So you've been down that road before. So you know the nasty road of rehab and uh, recovery from ACL. So absolutely. And that I'm imagining if the door was still open for a college career, that kind of slammed the door closed and said, "Hey, medicine." Absolutely. Might not be right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about physical medicine and rehabilitation as a specialty because that's a you know especially that's growing. And that even a lot of physicians don't really understand. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It was kind of weird how I got into it. Like, you know, I told you I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, I didn't match the first time. So uh, one of the things I had to do was kind of pick 
the rotation. And, you know, somebody in my med school was like, hey, why don't you look at physical medicine and rehab? Because, you know, it's similar to orthopedic surgery. It just doesn't have the, uh, you know, sur surgical piece of it. So I did. And I was like, oh, man, this is kind of cool. And uh, before my father passed away, he had three strokes in total. But kind of after his second stroke, I was in uh, med school at the time. And I was like, OK, all right, I kind of get it. So that kind of led me down that path. And then, you know, um, it's just one of those things where most people, you know, they're fine, right? You know, we're all independent. We're doing things on our own, but we have some type of acute event where we go into the hospital. And if you're not completely safe or ready to go home, you need to go to some type of facility. Right. And as a physiatrist or rehab doctor, we can go in there, do an assessment and get you to the right level of care because it's different levels of care. Uh, but then, you know, with the specialty, we can also do injections. So we have a lot of flexibility uh, to kind of help patients at different levels of care and, and different uh, levels of, of their recovery. Gotcha. So my first, um, I guess, experience with physiatry was as a medical student. So I did a summer research program at NIH and it was with physiatry and we were dealing with kids with osteogenesis imperfecta. And before that, I really didn't have any clue of what the field was. But like you, I didn't match in orthopedics the first time. And actually, my backup was to go into physiatry because I you know, did not want to do you know, general surgery and do the bowel routine and the trauma routine. So I wanted to go into physiatry, actually, if I didn't match in orthopedics. So very similar with that. So are you doing inpatient or outpatient? Yeah, yeah. So uh, primarily I do inpatient. You know, I, I actually love my gig and kind of what I do. So what I do is I'm the medical director of a 50 bed freestanding acute inpatient rehab hospital, but I'm also in the acute care hospitals doing inpatient consults. So like I said, you know, you have a patient who experienced some type of major multi-trauma or who had a brain mass and neurosurgery did a resection, patient who had a stroke, MS patient, uh, Parkinson's patient. So I see them in the acute care hospital, do my assessment and figure out what's the most appropriate level of care, be that acute inpatient rehab, skilled nursing or nursing home, uh, home health or outpatient. And, uh, you know, if they're appropriate to come to acute inpatient rehab and they choose our facility, it's, it's where I can kind of see them and continue the care. So it's that continuity of care component as well. But I'm also doing a, a virtual uh, prosthetic clinic because the amputee population is a population who is underserved and overlooked. So Absolutely. I'm trying to make sure that that, partition, that particular patient population is really getting uh, the access to, to physicians who can help them out, you know, post-operatively after they have that amputation and really get them that prosthetic limb to get them back to a more functional, independent level. Because, you know, they deal with a lot of uh, depression and uh, isolation after that amputation. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm also looking at, you know, some other things in terms of assisted living, independent living, and even on a home health side. So I'm kind of everywhere. I see. So tell me about, you have a partnership, is it with Hanger? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, How did that come about? Talk to talk about that. Uh, really, the pandemic. So uh, during a pandemic, a lot of patients did not have access to care. So uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. 
Uh, it's an individual named uh, Christy Atha from Hangar. She kind of reached out to me and we kind of cultivated a relationship. And uh, she was telling me, be, telling me about some of the issues that she was having uh, in terms of with, you know, the prosthetic or amputee patients getting care and access to care. So we just continue to kind of talk and, and brainstorm. And we kind of decided that, hey, you know, here's a particular platform via telemedicine or telephysiatry that we could potentially have a huge impact. And, you know, we kind of just started. Uh, and over weeks to months, we really developed a, a really good program in terms of being able to hold a clinic. And as a result, you know, I think it's over 50 patients uh, upwards and closing in on 100 who now have successfully been able to get either a new prosthesis or a revision prosthesis uh, based on our collaboration and, and setting up that virtual prosthetic clinic. So That's excellent. Uh, is this all in cool. your local area or is this kind of across the country or what? Yeah, so uh, it's, it's two states because I have medical licenses in multiple states. So it's been uh, pretty much all of Arizona and then uh, some of New Mexico as well. But we got some, some things cooking on uh, some projects that we're thinking about doing uh, in some other states as well. So uh, really it can be, or not, it can be, it will be uh, national. It'll be a national program. Sure. Now are these mainly traumatic amputees or like veterans or active military, or is this anyone? Yes, it's all across the board. So, you know, we've gotten some young patients who have had congenital issues that have led to the amputation. We have some traumatic injuries. And then, you know, diabetes is a huge uh, comorbid condition that a lot of the amputee patients have. And as a result, you know, they have some type of infection, they can't heal it correctly. And that leads to the amputation. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of runs a gambit. Sure, sure. Um, and that kind of transitions to your entrepreneurship and your business kind of mindset of medicine and how you just turn this small piece of physiatry into a business, right? So talk to us about the business of medicine. I know that you have your own book, you know, you're author of Profitable Profits, and that is a book to tell other physiatrists or other practitioners how to set up their own private practice. So tell us about that. Yeah, I, I, I got to uh, say it probably comes from my dad. So, uh, you know, coming up, my dad, like I said, he immigrated here from uh, Lagos, Nigeria. And I remember like just being young and him going to uh, community college. He kind of self-taught himself and he ended up uh, building a construction company. He didn't do construction, but, you know, he basically got the bids for the program. So I kind of had that in me. He really pushed me toward medicine and wanted me to do medicine, but being able to see that in the periphery, I think kind of put that bug in my head. And then also one of the things I realized is we conduct business every single day. When you go to the grocery store, it's a business transaction. Right. Uh, medicine is really no different. So, and then I think the third thing was in my residency program, Mary and Joy Rehab, uh, it was a hybrid residency program where it was private practice, but also academic. And throughout the whole program, we had attendings who uh, were very entrepreneurial in that, you know, we would wake up early, go and do our rounds, you know, they would tell us what orders to put in and so forth and so on, but then they would leave 
off-site and either do their outpatient clinics, do procedures. Uh, so it really taught me and us, the residents, how to be efficient with your time, but also really helping us and exposing us to different ways of being able to practice. So all of that is kind of that confluence of things, which kind of led me to being able to go straight from residency into a position. It was uh, Health South at the time, now it's Encompass as a staff physiatrist. And I used a lot of the techniques and things that I learned from Mary and Joy in kind of setting up my own practice. Sure, so you've been solo practice since day one? Absolutely. All right, and now is that the norm in physiatry or is this kind of against the, the grain? No, it is, it is uh, absolutely against the grain. Uh, I, I don't know of many people who actually go out and do that. So, um, you know, it was, it was a leap of faith, but, you know, a lot of people, like I said, my attendings, also a gentleman by the name of um, Kenneth, he helped me as well and kind of, you know, just making me feel comfortable being able to go out on my own. So uh, there's different people in my life who helped give me the confidence, but also the education to be able to go out and do it. But no, it's not something that people do, especially now. Uh, it seems like there's more of a wave of physicians taking employee positions uh, because it does, you know, present some type of um, security. Uh, mm -hmm. Although it's it's all sense of security, but yeah, you know there is that perception out there. Sure, sure. So is that how your book came about, just from your experiences, or is this something that you've kind of templated over time, or what? Actually, uh, <laughs> this all came about because of the wonderful Dr. Dre. So thankfully, I signed up for uh, Medical Moguls. <clears throat> I think it was like June of 2019. Uh, and it's, you know, he has a system very, very similar to Carmichael. I think he got a lot from Carmichael uh, at Xavier in terms of setting up, um, you know, a program that physicians can kind of go through. And one of the big things is, you know, writing a book and all of the uh, avenues that come from writing a book, you know, the credibility and different things like that. And, you know, he would have everybody kind of talk about their passions and their purpose. And based on that, he kind of created a, a program for you or uh, gave you his vision of what he thought would, would be best for you, which you know worked out. And uh, for me, he was like, you need to write a book on how you went straight from residency into practice because nobody's really done that. And, you know, it will be a good resource for, you know, residents and, you know, people who are practicing who want to kind of make that switch from employee to private practice. So that was the impetus for the book. And, you know, I'm very thankful and, and, and grateful to Dr. Dre for pushing me in that direction. Are you talking about Dr. Dre, the rapper, or are you talking about Dr. Dre on Birch? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about Dr. Dre on Birch, who All actually right. won the legal case against Dr. Dre, the rapper, oh, wow. uh, who tried to prevent him from using the name. So yeah, that, that All Dr. Right, cool. Dre. All right, so shout out to Xavier once again, right? Absolutely. All right, um, so I see that you're big on affirmations and that's something that I've really focused on over the last year or so. Um, but you do a lot of posting about affirmations. So let's talk about that. What are the affirmations and what role does that play, you know, not only in your life, but in the life of your patients as a physiatrist? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the affirmations uh, go hand in hand with the mindset. Uh, and the big thing is, if you have that mindset, that mindset will allow you to do anything and everything. But the affirmation is kind of that component that gives you 
that push and that motivation to kind of continue to move forward. So that affirmation is the key to the mindset, which basically sets the tone for your day, for your life. Uh, and it's something that I feel very strongly about because it's something that I use on a day-to-day basis, minute-to-minute basis to really keep me focused, grounded, uh, but give me that push uh, to really achieve everything that I want to achieve. Uh, and it's the same thing for the patients because, again, they, they go from being completely independent to now depending on people uh, you know, be it a device or a CNA or a nurse or a physician. Uh, and these affirmations they can use on a day-to-day basis, you know, saying, I am strong or, you know, I will walk. All these affirmations that they use to give them the motivation and continue to push them to go through their therapy and get back to their prior level of function. So uh, it's huge, you know, it's yeah. huge. So what's your favorite affirmation? I think my, my favorite affirmation is, um, everything that you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. That's my favorite, uh, uh, affirmation. And it's interesting because I was on a flight, I was watching a movie and it flashed across like a, a ceiling. Mm-hmm. And, and when I looked at it, I was like, that's it. You know, it sums up everything because it's true. Everything that you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear because fear stops us from doing so many things. So if you can get past or on the other side of that fear, you can achieve absolutely anything. So uh, that's that's my favorite. Yeah, I'll go with my favorite is, you know, I give up being perfect for being authentic. And I think that goes hand in hand with what you said because so many times we want to do everything perfect and we can get, yep. we get stuck in that trying to be perfect instead of being who we are. And most of the time, if we are who we are, that's all we need to be, right? We don't Absolutely. get stuck being perfect, trying to check the boxes for other people. And that can be paralyzing. You know, it can be detrimental to whatever you're doing uh, from family life to success or, you know, business, medicine, whatever. So, no, that's big. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Um, and then let's talk about the inner critic. You do. So, number one, if our listeners don't know, you have your own blog. So, you do a lot of getting your own thoughts down on the paper. Um, and I think that's tremendous because I do a lot of thinking and keep the thoughts in my head. So <laughs> I was going through your blog, like, man, he's got three or four blogs this week. It'll take me a month to write one blog, but you know, talk to us about the inner critic. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's something that everyone uh, faces on a day-to-day basis. Some of us do a better job than others in terms of dealing with that inner critic, but uh, you know, we all go through it. And then just based on the society that we live in, you know, it's, it's all about uh, judging people, you know, putting labels on people. Uh, so if you come up in that society, you watch TV, uh, then it's something that you can internalize at times. So, you know, it's just me trying to be very mindful of it. Uh, but also doing self-reflection to realize, oh, okay, this is this is what's going on, but this isn't a true reflection of who I am or where I'm going to be. So it's just being very mindful about the environment that you're in and how it could potentially negatively impact you and making a concerted effort to say, I'm not going to allow it to happen. And then again, that's where you go back to those affirmations and that mindset. So 
Uh, it's just being very mindful about what's going on and, and paying attention, but also being able to be self-reflective. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, on Time Out with Sports Doctor, this is your final time out. So, you know, you're about a decade into practice coming straight out as far as learning on the on the fly, so to speak. You did have some training, but we both know that business and medicine is not a strong point of any academic environment. So what would you share with someone trying to follow in your footsteps who is afraid or, you know, paralyzed by fear of saying, I cannot go into private practice. What would you leave with, you know, some food for thought for them? Uh, I think food for thought is, I said it earlier in our conversation, we conduct business transactions every single day. Uh, but also understand that you, what you want to do is you want to break business down to its simplest components. And if we talk about its simplest components, basically it's, is revenue minus expenses equals profit. And that's all across the board. So whatever you do, you wanna maximize your revenue. Uh, you wanna decrease your expenses and that's what's gonna give you the profit. But also understanding that all a business is, is a solution to a problem. Mm. And this world is full of a lot of problems. Absolutely. So if you just think about business in those terms, then you as a physician, you have a solution to a problem, and now it's just applying a business model to that solution. Uh, so really just trying to simplify, simplify things so that it doesn't seem as daunting. Uh, and now you can more quickly get past that fear, and in turn, you can do anything that you think of. Sure, sure. That's great. So do you work with physicians one-on-one and helping them set up their practice or how do they best follow your, your work or, you know, is it through your book, through your blog? How do they contact you? Yeah. So uh, I, I try and work with folks kind of where they are. So for some people, the entry point may be the book uh, for some people, you know, they may find me on uh, social media platforms where I'm Dr. Hassan rehab. So D R H A S S A N R E H A B on pretty much all platforms. Uh, and then I have a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. Uh, it's a weekly program where we kind of go through modules and I kind of walk them through my process. And then eventually we'll get to kind of a group coaching program. But right now it's really the book and then the one-on-one -on -one coaching program. That's great. But That's also, great. you know, they can, they can catch me through the blogs and different things like that. Sure. And they can find all this stuff on your website? Yes, absolutely. Right. Great, great. All right. Anything else you want to add? Uh, just thank you for uh, being who you are, having this platform to allow us uh, physicians to come on and kind of talk to you. So I appreciate you. Hey, no, I really appreciate it, man. And if there's anything we can do together, you know, orthopedics and physiatry are, you know, like right and left hand. We work together a lot. So if we can do anything together, please let me know. Absolutely. I'm going to take you up on that. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on for this interview. Thank you for your continued support with this podcast. A five-star review would be greatly appreciated. Subscribe to this podcast so you can continue to get the updated information and new episodes. Thank you.